0: Hello there, and welcome to season seven, episode five of the Bitcoin Takeover podcast. I'm Vlad, and my guest today is Space Bull, who is the creative director from Bull Bitcoin, possibly the largest exchange from Canada. And he also has his own art project, which is called and just wait a second, Madex. Did I get that right? Yes. Madex. It's MVD. Yeah, Madex. But it's an A, which is upside down. Yes. And he also works for 21XBTC, which is a Bitcoin outlet. So he designs clothes, I guess.
1: Yep. Design, um, clothes, rare products, Bitcoin totems, um, just anything cool that we think of as Bitcoiners that... um, my friends and I want to have and uh, make it available for others as well.
0: It's actually funny because we haven't met before. This is our first ever interaction. We just had like 15 minutes of discussion prior to this recording. And this is the beauty of this podcast. I always try to get people who usually don't get into podcasts or are new to this whole, you know, self-doxing way of expression in which they express their thoughts and the CIA looks into them. So I hope you're happy, CIA, that I'm feeding you free information and I don't get just the usual suspects on my podcast. And sadly, we will not be talking, sadly for you, CIA, and for other people who might be interested, we will not be talking about Bitcoin today.
1: (laughs) No, we will not. I don't even actually own any Bitcoin. I'm a LARPer.
0: I mean, isn't Bitcoin like some sort of MMO, like an imaginary mind game that we play sometimes and we just mention stuff to upset the feds?
1: All I know is my brother-in-law is obsessed with it and can't shut up about it. And, uh, oh, hey, by the way, I I didn't, uh, like swearing and stuff is okay. Like it's going to be very difficult for me to censor myself. Is that all right? or?
0: <laughs> oh, you can swear. Okay. I've had people who swear all the time.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I'll just cut back to where I, where I just was. Um, all I know about Bitcoin is that my brother-in-law never fucking shuts up about it, and uh, he seems to be doing pretty well. He he pulled up in a G wagon last time we got together with the family, but I hate the guy, so I hate Bitcoin,
0: and I'll never buy okay, it. Okay, <laughs> that's a that, that's a very strong opinion.
1: <laughs> You hear that, CIA? I want nothing to do with Bitcoin.
0: So would you like to talk about your anger?
1: <laughs>
0: no, I think we can move on. <laughs> right. So tell me about your art and what kind of art you're doing and how you got into this. Yeah, and try so to stay away from Bitcoin as much as you can.
1: Of course. Um, yeah, so I, I started a long time ago. I went to school and... Um, in another city and I just I wanted to start a business Um, come from a family of entrepreneurs so it was time for me to make my moves and uh, somewhere I read start with your strengths and uh, when I looked at everything I was good at I was just always excellent with um, creativity and artistic work and uh, before that I'd been working with a friend of mine who was a musician helping him kind of with his branding and um, making music videos and doing all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I figured, okay, well, there, there's a lot of opportunity in the creative space. And uh, so I, I started Madex and it wasn't called Madex at the time. First name was uh, Vessel Collective, V-E-S-L. Um, and you know, I went and spent all my money on some, some t-shirts and, uh, sold a, a bunch of them, but in the end didn't really sell any of them cause I didn't know anything about business. Um, and so I went to dollar store and I got a, a big stack of paper and this is kind of where it doubled down on, on art. And I was just drawing with uh, Sharpies and then going down to the, there's a, a beach in the place I was at and, uh, just selling, drawings on the beach and uh, selling them to friends and just kind of picked up some momentum and uh, became kind of my focus. And then when I finished school and came back to my home city, um, you know, I was very broke. So I wanted to figure out how I could make as much cash as possible um, to be able to fund a creative project. So I went, went to work in sales. I was working in a
0: dealership. That's relatable.
1: Yeah. And uh just trying to save as much as possible. I and I went I the dealership I went to was amazing. Um the guy who was the owner of it is to this day one of the biggest inspirations I have. Um he was just a total maximalist type character, but not not into uh not into Bitcoin, but just very cool, very supportive, put me through a lot of training. Um and then I uh kind of focused in on art. Um, and it took a while, like throughout that whole time, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to make. Um, like I didn't have any specific style or, you know, like every, basically I was, I was what I call like a copy artist at that time where I, I was just incapable of making anything original. Um, not, not because of a lack of original thought, but because of a lack, a lack of, uh, defined and uh, kind of own skills. Um, so it took a lot, a lot of kind of experimenting and I have to, I will always be forever grateful to my friends um, that bought my first pieces of art because, Oh my God, it, it, it's just horrible. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool at the time I was trying my best, but like looking at it now with what I make, it was terrible. I'm very grateful that they, uh, you know, believed in me and, said, keep going, even though, you know, maybe I shouldn't have with, with what I was producing, but uh, over time I got better and better at it. Uh, and then um, I kind of, I, I went to visit, I have some family in Paris. Um, so I was in Paris and traveling around the city, they, they have the most incredible Metro system that I've experienced. But in, in the metros, they have all these billboards um, and I haven't been there in a while since it's kind of started falling apart, but, uh, how it used to be is they were all wheat pasted, um, billboards. So you'd have, you know, the ads for the opera or for cell phone companies or for tourism or, you know, uh, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, all that kind of stuff. And it was a uh, big paper pieces that were just wheat pasted onto the walls. And, uh, You know, each ad, because they're always changing, like that, they, uh, these companies buy the ad time. um, And then when their ad time is up, the ads get ripped down and new ads get put up. And uh, I saw these guys that were working um, ripping off the old ad and getting ready to wheat paste up the new ad. And there was this absolutely beautiful, mosaic collection of every advertisement that had ever been on that billboard since they probably, as long as it had existed. Um, So when they rip off that main ad, it doesn't entirely rip off. There's like little shreds and bits and pieces that kind of stay on and uh, you know, they're, they're, they don't have to do a perfect job. They're paid hourly and it doesn't really matter. So you'd see this um, mosaic of everything that was there And uh, and then they put up the new ad. And I just thought I was just captured by that, that image. And then I started noticing, uh, recognizing like billboards that either um, like an ad had come up, had come off of it and then nobody had put anything new up. So there was just that kind of remnant up there. Um, And I just, I wanted to, that became the basis for all of my, my entire artistic Project, um, an attempt to kind of capture that that chaos of of everything that was ever on that board, and kind of you know the combination of all the messages, and some of them good, and some of them bad, and just kind of mixed together into this um, this just this presentation of what I felt like was kind of humanity where we are uh, right now. I mean, any, anything in advertisement is a reflection of what what is going on in the current times and uh yeah so that that that's when i cracked the code and started making what i think was good art i mean it wasn't as good as it is now but that's when it started getting better um and uh that's also when i started getting recognized and uh so i got a i got a show that came together um at a small cafe in my home city it was the first show i ever did and uh this lovely lady, uh, reached out, contacted me, put me on as like the headline artist for the event. And, uh, they kind of, they did most of the marketing. I didn't, I really had no idea how it was going to turn out, but I put together probably like 40 pieces of original art um, for the event, had them all up there. Uh, got one of my friends to come in and DJ and, uh, they were, you know, the classic art show serving drinks and chatting with everybody. Anyways, it ended up being a full house with a lineup and, um, I don't know, probably 150, 200 people came. Um, I sold 99% of the artwork. I still, I think I have like two left, um, just cause I haven't shown them since. And uh, that kind of was like my sign from God to continue the pursuit of Madex and continue trying, and uh, you know. But I still had um, financing problems, and not like you know. You can make a, a good amount of money from a show. Like I think that show I did like ten thousand bucks Canadian around that, but when you're not. It, like that kind of money doesn't go very far and if you want to be an international superstar artist. Um so I, and I was young as well so I was kind of thinking like okay it, money will fast track what I'm doing. Um so I was kind of like half in half out with MadeX working working on the art, producing art, making sales and then also I had a um I started working trying to build a like an angel fund. Um With a couple different partners and that's kind of how we got into i got back into into bitcoin um and that just started sucking up a lot of my time and so i was kind of doing i don't want to talk about that because it's bitcoin but i was doing a bunch of other stuff and uh anyways eventually i decided like i i had the opportunity from bull bitcoin and uh, about the same time i decided okay well like, where am I going to, where is my life really going to matter? And I kind of weighed out everything that I was doing, um, the good, the bad and made the decision to just go a hundred percent all in with all my energy on Madex, the project and, um, kind of whatever other creative pieces would, would, would spin off from that. And then that kind of brings us today. So I did all the, all the branding and, um, clothing design for, for bull Bitcoin and, uh, and a lot of their, um, I guess, uh, other merch products, um, and, uh, doing, making it for, for Madex. Um, and then I work with a bunch of companies locally doing all sorts of stuff. And then I've got a bunch of work that's come through that's design work from the Bitcoin world, which I'm very grateful for. And, uh, that kind of brings us to today. Um,
0: oh yeah yeah i've also studied in paris so i know what you're saying because they have really good advertisement they don't have a lot of it so you don't notice ads everywhere but when you're in the metro you see some very good ads that actually make you think and reflect so i suppose their copywriters are top-notch
1: oh yeah absolutely and then um on top of that i mean like a lot of the work is based around hot babes um and, uh, that there was one that I specifically saw and I wish I had a picture of it, but, um, it was, I think it was a Chanel ad or, or a Dior ad or something. And basically the girl, like when they were ripping the, the ad off, they started from either end and they were ripping, like one guy was on the right, the other guy was on the left and they were ripping towards the middle. And then they got to this point where the guy like grabs a strip and like scrapes it down and it like kind of went through like um, a third of the girl's face in the advertisement. And then there was this crossover of like that chaos of the billboard and all and all that that great advertising and, and copyright, and then this just absolutely stunning, gorgeous woman. And just like the juxtaposition of it was that's I think that's probably where I I really got hooked (laughs) and like I want to make this and and add my own kind of flair to it
0: never underestimate the power of women we like to deny it but
1: I I have they are everything I don't know but (laughs) as a man that that's everything right it's like we have our purpose and we have our women I don't think anything else matters
0: yeah let me just make it cheesier (laughs) i just made it cheesier (laughs) nice (laughs) okay so aside from art and women what's your approach to it so how do you approach making hats for bull bitcoin for example that's one of the most popular products that you find in bitcoin today and i think that logo with the bull and the way it's positioned and the design of the cap just makes it so appealing. I've seen people who have nothing to do with bull Bitcoin, are not Canadian, have probably never used bull Bitcoin, but they go to conferences and they wear that hat.
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, that's ha- not much to do with me. I mean, I, I, well, this is my theory on it, is that um, like what we stand for at bull Bitcoin is, is just like the nobility of Bitcoin, like the, the, the perfection of it, like the, the fairness of it, the, the righteousness and like the, I think it's the, the practices of our company that really is, is what drives that. Um, I mean, non-custodial is like one of the key things you can't, we don't, we don't hold anybody's funds. Like we're, we're just straight, purely trying to help people with their Bitcoin journey and um, you know, maximalism skin in the game. Like if bull, if if there's ever a fuck up with bull Bitcoin, our lives are all destroyed. Like we have, we we've bet our reputation, our stake. We have everything riding on it. We pride ourselves on it, on it being such an amazing service. And like we, you know we like to think of it as kind of the industry standard for how bitcoin businesses should be should behave internationally um and so that's where i think maybe that that comes from the most um like our our principles and our uh respect of of bitcoin um we're really doing this for the benefit of others and um as any you know as john galt would say you know everybody should be paid for what they're providing um but bull bitcoin is not a fiat business in any any um way of thinking about it like there we are a pure bread bitcoin business for objectivism for individual sovereignty and you know for the for the liberation uh from the oppression and slavery that fiat has and will continue to create um so those kind of principles like i try to grasp those those principles with um a lot of the branding um like one of our shirts is like come and take it um you know another one is uh we had one that we did with HODL knot on like protecting the family, protecting Bitcoin, protecting the code. Um, so I can, I can just kind of add, um, I guess the patina to, to all of that. But uh, that, the I think the real success of all, all those products just comes from what we stand for as a company. Absolutely. No honk coins, no shit coining, zero tolerance for scammers or anybody with um, the intention of, of of harming others, and uh, at, at a time where where Bitcoin's default to normies is that it is a sketchy and um, you know it's not noble. It's like a dirty underground, scammy thing because obviously it's been you know taken advantage by of by so many people. Um, so I think that and and now there's a lot of companies out there that are really uh like pushing pushing the same sort of values um in their in their own kind of way. Um but I think that like I feel like like one of the reasons I agreed to work with Bull Bitcoin in the first place was because of that. Um, it was right when I was kind of plunging hardcore into maximalism and when you when as a Bitcoin maximalist, when you're looking for services that, uh, where, where the service makes, makes value from the service it's providing for itself and also provides a thousand X that value to the user. That was the kind of perfect fit I found with, 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 with bull, um, which is why I agreed to, to get started working with them. Um, you know, like if it was any other, like if Coinbase approached me, you know, I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter how cool I I make the merch. Like Coinbase is a trash company, um, so nobody would be wearing their shit, right? So really, it's it's Francis Pouliot and the rest of the team at Bull Bitcoin um, that I owe the success of the of the merch I created to. I just kind of um, emphasized and 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 colored that, and I and I found a way to present it um, in a way that I think is very cool. And that obviously I'm, I'm very grateful that others think it's cool too. And there's some new stuff on 21 X uh, right now. We just started kind of slowly rolling out these OPSEC um, bull Bitcoin stuff. Cause kind of the first, like what I I'm calling the vintage line was very uh, it had all the same kind of um, symbolism in it, but then also the Bitcoin logo is in it pretty much everything. Um, and now we're kind of producing the new stuff, which is, so we still, we'll, we'll still, I haven't released anything new with the Bitcoin logo on it. Um, we'll still have some of that, but uh, I, w- I was talking about it on that first podcast that I was on. It's something I really believe um, that OPSEC is important. And also um, secrecy around Bitcoin, I think is important. Um, not so much secrecy, but just, uh, shying shying away from the presentation of it um because it sparks curiosity in people who don't know anything um know anything about bitcoin it's kind of like instead of getting a sales pitch that's like you should do this it's like oh yeah well you know you probably wouldn't be into it you probably wouldn't get it probably wouldn't understand it you know so anyways we got some cool stuff on 21x that is I'm I'm hoping going to have the same effect that the original bull Bitcoin merchandise did, um, but now it doesn't include the the Bitcoin logo. It's just the straight bull Bitcoin bull um, and all the other symbolism that um, that supports the the values we have and and what we believe in.
0: Right, so there is a lot of self-promotion in there. But I'm actually curious to know, well, which one it, was right? the That's other podcast to which you went?
1: Oh, it was um, Bitcoin Rehab.
0: It was, uh, oh, Hot the one the with Worlds. the BTC Dragon. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Was,
0: yeah. Um, I've also had him. I think it was his <laughs> I first podcast appearance.
1: I, I didn't even see that. That's what I believe. And I mean, all that stuff is... Um, I don't even think of it as promotion. I guess it sounds sounds like promotion, but
0: <laughs> uh, If you're to be listened out of context, and they had no idea what Bitcoin, what bull Bitcoin is all about, and we said we wouldn't talk about Bitcoin, but okay, I know. Um, well, I, we could, they, I, they would come to the conclusion that you're just very self righteous, and you have you know no self control in showing it. and revealing how much you care and how much your work reflects values and not just financial incentives which i think is a noble pursuit in itself but you know let's just keep it minimal for now let's talk about art
1: i mean feel free to cut that entire section out and we can no i'm not try again right like um but i'm actually
0: not gonna cut it it's part of your expression
1: (laughs) Good. All right. Well, let's continue. And I, I did realize about halfway through that I am I was talking too much about Bitcoin, so I wanted to kind of cut it out. But... <laughs> so now, now we can continue on not Bitcoin stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about art. I'm not very good at visual arts. I really suck at drawing. The most I can do is design my own graphics for the website when I publish a new article or when I publish a new podcast. But even for that one, for example... This season's graphics are designed by a guy whose name is Yegor Petrov, and he's from Ukraine, but works in Chicago in the United States. I hope I didn't dox him, but he did post a few pictures on Twitter, so it's kind of obvious that he's in Chicago working. But anyway, he's a very nice guy, and he decided to do this sort of Dragon Ball Z graphics with me being Goku and the other person also being Goku. I don't know how that works, but... There is this parallel extended universe just like in Spider-Man with a multiverse with Gokus being from all across the board having different faces, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But how do you approach visual arts? Where does it begin? Do you, do you just get inspiration, you get out of bed and you say, I wanna do this, or is it a process?
1: Well, it it's a process. Um, I mean, anyone who tells you anything is easy is lying um i i i find the root of my inspiration comes from god whatever that is um and that's kind of what guides me through everything i create uh it's like when i'm when i'm making something i just there's no other way to describe it other than a feeling like if i create something that it's not right i just feel it in in my soul um so a lot a lot of like how I discover what I want to make is kind of trial and error, but it definitely all starts with uh what I care about. Um like for example, for design contracts, like if somebody wants to hire me to do design work, there's pretty much a 90% chance I'm going to say no. Um like I can't just make anything for for anybody for any reason. I it really has to be something that's in line with what I feel my my purpose with Madex and my purpose as a, a, a contributor to the early days of Bitcoin and my purpose as a as a man, and um, if the project doesn't align with any of that, then I I just I can't can't work on it. Um, as for like process, <clears throat> when I find something that that has that kind of I I refer to it as holy. Holy Ghost fire, and I if I can feel Holy Ghost fire burning when I I get excited about something, um, then I know I can really do a good job at it. And then the process is I, I kind of I, I'm really a big fan of symbols. Um, that's like where all the script in Madex comes from. Um, I started making when I was you know in elementary school making codexes. And my friends and I would communicate with secret languages. We'd draw symbols and, and tie them to the alphabet and then send notes to each other. And, and um, that kind of expanded into, I created like the Madex alphabet. I created the Madex, um, just, I, I think I've probably got over 30 different languages that I've made um, that I add into my artwork. And then also, uh, if anyone has seen the film Arrival, um, it's by one of my favorite film producers. Um, there are these aliens and they communicate with kind of these ink spurts that like appear in, in air. And uh, that's kind of what, and, and the, the single ink spurt is, is not a word. Um, it communicates an entire event, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, um, and um, that's what I've now kind of moved for with, uh, Madex to just kind of simplify things where I'll have instead of an alphabet where you have to read out kind of the letters and translate it. Um, I'm planning to one day release like a codex, which is these kind of short stories and short events and and feelings and kind of notes kind of like what what uh comes out on Twitter, but you know more private and more romantic and I'm aligning symbols of scripture to these quotes. So that the kind of the work can be be translated. Anyway, that that's just a piece on the little script part. But uh, the design process is just trial and error, and um, if I the simplicity of symbols that communicate like so much beyond what they are. Right, like the cross, for example, is just two lines. It's the most simple thing possible, but it it communicates so much information. Um, And so I like to reduce, like when I'm talking about branding uh, or I'm doing branding work of any kind, I like to try and find a way to get to as simple of a design as possible um, that can be kind of unpacked into a, a larger meaning. Um, and the only way to do that is by just trying over and over and over and over and over again, and uh, hoping you can stumble upon something. Um, I also have a rule when I'm when I'm making stuff that if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't get it as a tattoo, or or if I can't see somebody else getting it as a tattoo, like my client, for example, um, then it's not. It it's not worth existing. Um, so that's kind of one of the lenses that I'll that I'll look through. One thing I, I, a cheat code for anyone who's making stuff uh, that that's art or graphic design or kind of anything um, is to like if it's a graphic design, print it off. Uh, if it's a piece of artwork, um, take a picture of the print off or take a picture of the art on your phone, and just bring it into uh, a photo editing app or even just look at it regularly and imagine that it is completed and it's out in the world and thousands of people are looking at it and and, and you're like looking you're like seeing it as a post you know on on Instagram or on Twitter or something.
0: Um, there's kind of a, that sounds a little scary right? yeah to, yeah to just imagine that a lot of people are looking at your art in a critical way. And that's very hard to conceive sometimes because you know what's there. It's very hard to observe it as if somebody sees it for the first time.
1: Yeah. And that's what I find doing it with the phone helps. Because if you're staring at your, compu- your design on a computer screen or you're staring at your, your creation, you're staring at it through your eyes and... Um, and so for me, the way I can create kind of a separation, like a, a force, to separate. I mean, the other way is to not work on it for two weeks and forget about it and then come back and look at it. Um, but, you know, to be more time efficient, what I find is I'll, I'll do this, take a photo of the work, um, maybe like go make a coffee or whatever, take a, do something else for a, a couple minutes, and then I'll grab my phone and I'll go sit in another room uh, and look at it. And then I try and like, kind of bring myself to the experience of somebody seeing it for 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 the first time, and I imagine because I I find I find this phenomenon when I post, it happens all the time on Twitter where I'll like write something and I'll read it four hundred times and I'll be like okay it's perfect and then tweet it, and then as soon as I, literally as soon as I tweet it and I see it on my feed, I notice a fuck up or a problem or like something that even though i read it 400 times and was 100% sure now that it's on the feed it's public there's like you know thousands of people that could potentially see it all of a sudden my the, the critical mind kind of activates and it and it comes in and it says oh my god you got to change all this stuff so now i'm like okay how can i how can i recreate that experience without actually like publicly posting something when even when i every time you hit that tweet button every time you hit that share button if what you've created matters you're at risk of going viral and everything fucking changing um you know so i like to bring that kind of thought into into the creative process and that's how i have to do it so i kind of went on a tangent there but anyone who's making stuff try that you know, see if it helps because it, it, it really makes a big difference. As a creator, you go through the swings. You're, 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 I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm making, I'm, I'm doing, and, and you're building and you're, and you're, I'm so great. And then the, the most important part is that you are like, you, you switch and you're like, oh my God, this is trash. This is the worst thing I've ever made. Oh, this is horrible. Who would ever like this? And it, and you switch to that point so that you can see your work critically and and make the changes um so that it, it can become better and you can become better as a as a maker and uh, so you have to be both right you have to critique your work and and uh and be excited about it all the time so i have it in, in swings sometimes daily sometimes weekly like sometimes i'll have a full week where i'm like i feel like everything i make sucks and then i'll have you know two or three days where i'm holy ghost fire, I am God, destiny, you know? And then it swings back into like, oh my God, this is shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I know what that is like. And I'm also very inconsistent with my work. So I can work for a month every day and get something done, but then be unproductive for a few weeks and feel guilty in some way. Oh, of course. Because I know how productive I can be and I know what I can do. But I guess that's how my brain works. I just need time before I become creative once again. And just for the record, I also write music and I record it sometimes. And most of the times nobody hears it, but I do have like a 10-piece album that I put out there. It's just an effort that I made once. And I said, you know, good or bad, I'm just going to write a song every day and record it and put it on SoundCloud. It's gonna be called Bitcoin Music. It's gonna be inspired by different moods that I have while being into Bitcoin. You know, LARPing, because nobody ever holds any Bitcoins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I put it out there, and I suppose it got nice reactions, and I still use it for my own videos. When I post a video on YouTube, instead of putting background music that I download from somewhere, I just use my own songs. And I realize that people ask me, what's that song? And I send them the download link. And that's like the nicest form of flattery. Yeah. But when yeah. I write songs, I just know when it's bad and when it's good. So I guess it's similar with visual arts. But yeah. sometimes I, it depends. Sometimes I just want to put out something very good and not compromise. But other times I just say, you know, this is not that bad. I, I can just finish this and put it as it is. I don't want to work anymore on this. It's either you destroy your own work because you realize that it sucks and it's below your standards, or you, in my case, I'm not doing it for a living. So it's not something that's going to be on my portfolio. Mm -hmm. It's not, when I die, I don't think anyone will add on my Wikipedia page that, you know, I've recorded music, but with writing, I'm a lot more difficult <laughs> because that's my main job, I guess
1: yeah, yeah well hey man i that is i'm emotional hearing that like that is very admirable and congratulations and good for you for putting putting that effort in um and 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 especially it you know it's one one thing to make, but uh also to be putting it out anyways and uh I, I, you should feel very proud of that um it, it like done is better than perfect. And if you have something to express, just like put it out there. It, it's so important because, you know, it, we never know when our lives are going to end. And, uh, you know, if you had just made all that music for yourself and just never released it, you know, it, it's like no matter how small of an impact something has, has, uh, it, it's always worth it because, you know, if, it, if just one person, if just a handful of people can take something from it or appreciate it, then, then it, it it's entirely worth it. Um, and I think that a lot, I, this whole, um, push that I've seen recently, I think is very, is very bad for, for society and for human beings. Um, mental health in general is this whole kind of, uh, idea that um, what you have to release has has to be absolutely perfect and you have to be the best at what you're doing. And there's no, there's just kind of all this weird stuff that doesn't really make any sense that is designed or maybe not designed. I don't really know, but I think it prevents people from expressing their creative talents and abilities um, because uh, somebody who's passionate about music, for example, like yourself might not ever make the effort to produce music because they have this weird measurement like um, that they'll never be a Vichy or something if they're making electronic music or I don't know if they're rapping like Drake or something. And it's like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not going to be Drake and I'm not going to be a touring musician. So what's the point of doing it? And it's like, that's exactly the point of doing it if if you have a desire to make the the most incredible thing we have as human beings is the power to create everything else that we can do um you know it doesn't even come close to that and everybody can do it and like i hear all the time people are like they'll say to me like oh my god your art is amazing and like I can't even draw a stick man and you know, it's like this supposed to be this like joke or something. I don't think it's funny at all because yes, you can draw a stick man and also who fucking cares. I'm not a classically trained artist. I, I can't fucking draw anything. You know, Picasso said you had to, to be an artist. You had to be able to paint your own hand or draw your own hand or something. I can't fucking do that. You know, but I like, I'm a designer, I'm a creator, and I, I'm using what I do know how to do to make art and people look at my stuff and they're like, Oh my God, it's so awesome. Uh, you know, I have no creative talent and I'm just like, I just think that that is total garbage. I think everybody is creative and it's just um, whether they have the courage to pursue that. Um, and, and, uh, that there's a lot of stuff that that can get in the way of it. And um you know, it's a skill. Creativity is a skill just like anything, like, like learning how to program, like learning how to write, like learning how to surf to, you know, ride a bike. You can learn to be creative. It's not, uh, you know, and obviously like some people have, have an inclination towards it and, and, and whatnot, but, uh, there's no limitations whether somebody can be can produce something that they like or not. And so anybody out there who who should just try, just try whatever you want. I mean, you can't, you can't, just like you can't centrally plan an economy, you can't centrally plan your creative pursuits. The only way, the only way to, to, to make something is to do it. And it's worth, it's worth doing it. And it's worth trying and, uh, you know, do it to enjoy it. Not not necessarily for a result or an, or an outcome. Do it to, to have the human experience and you can make something. Nothing else alive on this earth can, can create in the way that, that we do.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that and I can relate to it. It doesn't necessarily have to fulfill some sort of financial purpose. You don't have to make money out of something, out of art to actually do art. And That's something that a lot of people don't really understand. They regard everything from the lens of just doing something in which you're specialized and making money out of it. It's nice when you can make money out of art, but that doesn't have to be the end of it. You have to do it just because it's your mean of expression. And There's only so much you can express in this life. We are subjected to all of these norms about being nice to others and trying not to get other people's hopes down when we are feeling happy and they're feeling sad and stuff like that. And you can't really express yourself through words or emotions. Uh, There is some degree of authenticity that you can have in interactions, but it's always dependent on how the other person perceives it. If you're not going the reaction you expected, you possibly don't express it. But if you find something like visual arts or music, or I don't know, sculpture, something, it just helps you get out what you're feeling in a way that nobody else can. And it also gives you the satisfaction of completing something as opposed to just feeling frustrated that you're not going to get something out. So I believe that art in itself has this cathartic dimension which allows you to get something out of yourself, exercise some sort of inner demon that you're having, and use it for something creative that some other people may appreciate. Or even if they don't see it, you just know that you have created something and you're a lot more capable than you previously thought. Now, I'm about to deflate this hopeful bubble because I'm classically trained in music. I took piano lessons when I was very young and I played guitar. I, I've learned it myself and, you know, with the internet age, it's very simple to learn anything. And it's kind of sad that we actually don't. And most people use the internet for social media as opposed to learning something useful. But that's a whole different discussion. But I, I actually had to unlearn what I, I have learned to get rid of patterns to become creative. And that's actually something interesting. I'm not sure if it's the same with art, but with music, sometimes you get stuck in patterns and chord progressions and all of these ideas and norms about what a song should be like structures. I'm not saying that I don't think about structures or harmonies and melodies and all of these elements of songwriting, but I just grab an instrument and don't think about what I'm playing. And just try to get something nice out of it. That's my approach. And I don't practice usually. I'm not a kind of guy who picks up an instrument and plays every day. I just use it as a mean of expression. As opposed to something which possibly can be a mean of performance. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps me create. Because if I get stuck with... You know, if I learn other people's songs... Sometimes I, I learn a new technique that actually helps me develop something and build something out of that. But most of the times it removes that creativity because when I have somebody else's melody in my head, I cannot be as creative as I am when I, I just have an empty head or I'm angry. Usually when I'm angry and frustrated, that's when I create the best art. I don't know why. It, it's just how it works. Subconsciously, I just unload all of that negative energy on a musical instrument and produce something which is a lot nicer than any words I would ever express during those moments. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, that's the classic uh, kind of core saying, bad for the heart, good for the art. (laughs) I think that's where some of the most incredible works that have ever been produced come from. Um, You know, life is suffering. And uh, let's make the most of it.
0: (laughs) Um, I think that... I agree. I've spoken to people who told me that they cannot perform any kind of music when they're in a relationship and they're happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the the biggest improvements that I've ever made in my life came from massive heartbreak, Um, either from... Visions, dreams, collapsing um, goals being being missed. Um, you know, ob- women obviously, and uh, you know the whole list of, of of things that we go through in life that 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 can have a toll on us. Almost every single one that's happened to me has boosted my life in some massive way, and like it hurt. It hurt massively. Um, And I guess I'm just fortunate enough that I was able to use that pain. Hello?
0: Yeah, I'm still here. You just said you're using that pain. And I was trying to think of situations in which I did the same. And I actually got a song in my head. It's called King of Pain by the police. I think it's their finest work. You should not listen to every ber- breath you take that's just cheesy and creepy. I don't think it's their best song, but King of Pain that's on a whole different level and it's so real. If you get the chance, listen to that song. I will. But after Absolutely. this podcast, I, I saw you, you poli- should not pause. I saw the
1: police once um live, which
0: was, oh, it was lucky when, bastard. When I was
1: very young. But uh yeah, sorry about that. I just I my headphones were bluetooth connected to my phone and someone tried to call me, so it like I lost sound for a second
0: there anyways I'm back now (laughs) it's terrible to lose sound or any of your senses for that matter
1: yeah no kidding um okay what I uh let me just get back on track here anyway um yeah so I was saying pain like everything painful that's happened like you're saying with that police song and and whatnot it, it really drives the the creative creative process um and and a huge thing that i i love that you just said is like you you got to get that emotion out in that way that you feel out um somehow and uh it's a way to 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 you just walk around lighter you know cuz you leave you leave whatever you needed to get out in the medium that you created and then um, you're, you're free. It just takes weight off your shoulder. And, uh, and it's a way that, that has the potential to benefit others. And it's a way that definitely benefits yourself. Um, and then what, with unlearning how to do things, I find that um, that is the best. That's the best way to create is kind of what you master a skill. And then, um, or or to the master it to the extent that you feel is required. And then from there, you just kind of make it up. Um, once you have those f- fundamental principles of, you know, the instruments that you already know how to play, or like the art that I work with, uh, from there, it just kind of opens up this world where you just have kind of a tool belt that's filled with all the stuff. And then you can just freely... Create. I think all the best music. I think many of the best things that come out of art are um, anything that was that was made without rules, um, a sort of a, a blend of maybe a blend of disciplines or a total kind of new take, um, like a remix, if you will, of 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 things that exist that are amazing, and and you just you know, bend the rules. Like I, I think Travis Scott is very good at this for anyone. Anyway, I listen to a lot of hip hop, um, but only good hip hop. I have a very specific playlist, but uh, Travis Scott to me, he's not a rapper. He's a musician. Um, everything he creates is that's not a feature. Everything that he creates himself is just so interesting. Um, he had an album that was called Honcho Jack, Jack Honcho, where the structure when you were uh Talking about structures of songs, like it's a rap album, it's a hip hop album, but every single song on the album is structured like a metal song, um, which is just it, it's such a unique blend, and I think that's why that he he does so well. And I, I think anybody who does extremely well, if if they're unlearning and they're 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 acting without rules, they'll they'll do very well. Um, I mean, my project doesn't have any traditional art maybe like framing and colors but framing and colors are so basic they're not i don't even consider them rules that's just kind of they're like laws almost
0: um yeah you you cannot say that you follow convention if you use something very basic like when you learn how to speak you have to learn the words and the spelling of words I don't think there's a workaround around that, but you can be original in your speech by arranging the words in a way that makes them special. But you also have to follow a structure which helps other, others understand you. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess yeah. arts are just like speech.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I, I have a friend who also produces music and it was funny one day, um, we were just hanging out chatting and I was working in the studio and he was just kind of watching what I was doing while we were chatting. And uh, it was funny because everything that I was doing, he was like, oh, that's just like in producing music. You know, you do this and you do that. and It's just kind of a different way. So the, the, at least... And you
0: add layers. I mean, yeah. it's the same with tracks. You yeah. add another track, which puts another instrument into the mix. And I suppose you add another color or something or a different shape.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and if it works, it works. And if it, if it doesn't, it doesn't. The only issue that I experience all the time is that there's no undo button on on what I create. Right. So if I, if I'm like, I've had it so many times where the piece of art I'm working on is 90% perfect and like 90% complete. And I'm like, it just needs that last little thing. And I, and then I'll do something (laughs) And just, like, totally destroys everything I had. Like, uh, you know, uh, for example, like, I'll switch to a different pen that has, like, a different flow rate. And then I'll I'll just, like, launch too much ink out of the pen. And then I just have, like, a giant ink explosion, like, on the middle of this, you know, beautiful girl's face. And then I got to, like, totally change the artwork. I got one I can see in the studio right now where – um I've had to save it to like look cool, but the whole top of her face is just solid gold. And when I finish it, it's going to look really cool. Cause I, I found a way to save it, but that was not the plan at all. I just had this, this pen going and, uh, uh, like if anyone has experience with paint pens that different ones have different flow rates and they have a control mechanism for how much ink leaves the pen and I was using one with a very slow rate, and I switched to one with a with a faster one and wasn 't really paying attention anyways, I just exploded ink all over <laughs> so I had to cover it up somehow and kind of move on so that 's the benefit in music is that is that you got um you got the undo button. And uh, I guess also in graphic design or, or, or working with anything with computers, the undo button is.
0: Yeah. But not in the live performance. So when you're in oh, studio true. with music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. undo. But with live performances, it's a lot worse when you make a stupid mistake yeah. and everyone knows it. Yeah. Notices. And everyone
1: sees it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's why I'm staying away from. I had uh, a friend of mine suggest I do some live streams of making the art. And it's a great idea, right? Like everybody's loaded with free advice, but the uh, I, I can't really do the live stream because it just takes so long. Um, the best thing I can do is like time-lapse film and then I, and film the whole process and put it all together. But uh, yeah, I guess a, a major fuck up on a live stream would be pretty funny. <laughs> But that pain is what oh, yeah. makes you better, right? That's what we were talking about earlier, that pain. Like if you screw up a live fucking performance, the knife, like you know the feeling. We all know it. The it, it's like it's like something I don't even think it's a knife. It's like a pole like just rams through your heart and like you know you fucked up. And when you get back to um like for me the art studio or for you the you know the music studio, or whatever it is you're working on, that pain will harden you to never make that mistake ever again. And you will you will not fuck up like that ever again.
0: <laughs> there are also some people who are very good at faking it and making it look like it was on purpose. And the audience will think, you know, that was strange, but still artistic.
1: <laughs> that was strange, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. He's the artist. I have a joke. Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate with uh, the work I make because it's supposed to be rough. So it's supposed to look like, you know, like I've gone around the city and just um, gotten permission to drill up little panels of art um, on, on into like buildings and whatnot. And uh, it it blends in with the environment. It just kind of looks like a graffiti installation And uh, that's very fortunate for me because if I fuck something up very bad, I can just literally say, "Plus, all a part of the creative process. Like I I just finished a major project um, for the artist musician Gashi. And um, I just got very lucky and we got connected through Instagram and uh, I did a kind of a portrait of him. And then these two supporting panels, Anyway, so I'm shipping, uh, I shipped them yesterday and uh, I did the final coat of resin. They're all resin sealed. So I do the final coat of resin and it's a new resin that it, it's the exact same brand I was using before, but it's a new one. And uh, just low on time pressure because I got it. I had had to get it to him as soon as possible before he leaves because he he's traveling around um, to different studios and whatnot all the time and uh i just brushed like when the resin was dry i just took like the brush i've used on every other res- uh, resin piece that i've used and i brushed the thing down to get all the dust and kind of whatever else that that's on it and uh this i don't know if i didn't let it dry long enough or if it's just this new resin is a different uh, it's the same exactly the same but it might be like a different formula or something anyways it just scratched the hell out of this original piece of art that is impossible to reproduce and like not so bad that it totally destroyed the art but bad enough that i would notice and it just happened to the one and right away i was like oh what a massive fuck up like this is and then it was like well (laughs) it's all a part of the creative process so then i just brushed the rest of them and like knowing the brush would like scratch up the resin. I just brushed the rest of them and then took a polisher to try and, you know, it's a three piece set. So they all had to look together, but, uh, that's a mistake. I, I've folded into creative artistic intention and direction. But if, if there was a way to have, uh, not done that i I would have chosen that over
0: (laughs) oh yeah i know what you mean but you know let's get back to women i feel like this is a very overlooked and understated subject and i want to ask you something very specific because in my life i've only had like three or four women whom i met and inspired me to produce art and become a better person yeah it's very strange when that happens and There's that feeling, which is very hard to describe that you're just not good enough and you got to prove yourself. And that's very useful.
1: Yeah. So you mean like uh, ending relationships with women?
0: No, no, no. When when you just get into a relationship with a woman Mm -hmm. who just makes you a better person overall. And that also reflects in your art.
1: Yeah. Well, I, that, that's a massive blessing. Um to find girls like that is massive um one of one of the the greatest advice with women I ever got was um choose a girl that chooses you and um I think that's probably the most important thing that that any anybody out there who's you know looking for somebody to match up or or whatever could be thinking about is uh you know choose someone who who chooses you. And, um, I think in, in the past for me, like, um, like there's always been girls around and whatnot, but I've never really had like anybody serious, um, just by like, not that just from personal choice and and the things I was up to and kind of the way I saw my life going, you know, I was very fortunate, fortunate to meet someone recently who is kind of that, Somebody who chose me, um, you know that I wanted as well. But like that, that they've become that for me, and that's kind of the first time I've ever had that with a with a girl that is just massively supportive, massively inspirational, and just kind of rides with the whole whole vision and dream that I have. And uh, I hope everybody everybody finds something like that. Um, The energy that a man can get from a woman is beyond anything else. You know, anything else that can, can get you fired up or, or, or or get you out of bed in the morning or, or things like that. Um, Like I would just even, and even before, like before with with other girls and whatnot, it was always that pursuit of being better. Um, And if I ever like did like a girl and lost her, it was it was that pain push to improve my life and like you could tell you could tell if i had recently been heartbroken in in some way or not by a woman because i'd be in the gym every fucking day and i would be working harder than i've ever worked and like that was kind of my way of i guess coping coping with that wanting to be better and 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 you know that loss um, and then recently yeah i I've, I've got this girl right now that is just Full speed ahead in support of Bitcoin, in support of the dream, like the maximalist dream, in support of the, the art project. And um, I always thought, I always thought uh, having a girlfriend would be harmful to everything I was trying to accomplish. And what I found kind of over the last year is it, it, it has accelerated everything I'm working on by indescribable amounts. Um, one, one way I was talking to my dad about it and, and, uh, the way he put it very well was like, uh, it's because it, it, it's not just about you anymore, right? Like you can motivate yourself as much as you can motivate yourself. Um, but having somebody that you want to care for and provide for and, and, and experience a life with as well is just massively powerful. Um, you know, and I'm enjoying that. If it and if it ever changes, um, once again, we got this great cycle where where the pain will just create another wave of excellence um, for Madex. So I feel like that. Uh, I don't know if I touched on what we wanted to talk about there, but
0: uh, every no, that that was actually a lot better than I expected. Not shallow by any measure. It was just. Impressive. It makes you think. It makes you wonder what it is about this. It's possibly just pure chemistry, but it's just so rare when you find someone who really inspires you to be a better person. Usually, you know, it's just carnal. It's visceral. You don't think about it. You're sexually attracted to a person. And after that act of sex consumes, you realize there's not much more than that, usually. And that's a very disappointing moment when you figure out that it gets boring. It's very hard to find people who never bore you. And I'm not even the kind of person who looks for someone who is like minded. I actually enjoy debating and challenging my own views all the time. But it's still very hard. You know, I'm not sure if the quality of women is decreasing and they're becoming more like, you know, TikTok dancing superstar wannabes i don't know or Kim kardashian wannabes it's these influencers that make them more shallow but i did have my fair share of really good interactions when i just realized that i i could see myself next to that person every day and never get bored and that's something which is very hard to accomplish
1: extremely and like people have their own um their own, what I think with relationships, they'll have a, a a vision of what they want their life to look like, and they're just kind of trying out puzzle pieces to see if that like that fits in. And um, I think like what you said about on on the TikTok thing and all that sort of stuff, like that's definitely a massive phenomenon that's screwed up, had a, had a horrible effect, but um. If anything, I think that all of that stuff is kind of very good in terms of my experience with 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 browsing, you know, for for girls. It's like there's a kind that uh, that got sucked into that right away, um, and that are that are behaving in that type of way, and that's not something that I'm kind of interested at all in. And so it almost took the work for us as men to to have to sort sort through um, out of it. Right. Because we can, we can know right away. Like if I go out, if I take a girl out for dinner and she's on her phone at all, even like I am out of there, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like a a signal almost. Right. Um, And so I think it's beneficial in that way. And uh, the, the girls who are out there that are really amazing, like they're all just looking for what 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 they're what they want what they're hoping for and um i think that the that not to lose um faith <laughs> <laughs> with with all the like destruction that social media has caused um it's just making it, it's making the people who are I guess what I think like good catches, the girls that are great catches uh, stand out more. Um, I think it would be harder to kind of find out who's who before this whole social media insanity
0: started. Now that I think about it, it's so hard to find one who doesn't look at the phone every 15 minutes at least. I mean, it's like our modern addiction. Yeah. But to find someone who actually pays attention and tries to prove to you that she's paying attention by not looking at her phone that's something which i really respect because i try not to do it unless it's so terrible that i know i will not be seeing that person once again so i don't care
1: yeah well i think that like i mean there's also a part like every man can improve on himself as well and like i'm pretty i guess i don't know aggressive i don't know so like If that kind of like, if I see that happening kind of one time, I'll just like find out what the deal is right away. Um, Right. Because it could be just that like she's bored or she doesn't want to be there or she whatever or who knows. Or it could be like actual just basic programming. And then I think like what we're really missing a lot of fun right now that's kind of outside of uh, what we experience. Um, So what I've tried to focus on is like, making things fun as fun as possible. Um, you know, so when I, when I'm out for, for dinner, it's like joking around playing, you know, playing with the the server or the waiter and, um, just making games again, really. Right. It's like, if we're having these very adult sort of kind of attempts at conversation and, you know that's all. It's all very. It's all very boring getting to know people. But but what's fun is is games and uh, playing around and and enjoying life. And I I think that that that's really the hardest, the thing that has is missing so much. I mean, before phones, that was just naturally what you had to do if you were getting together. Like there, you just had to find ways to make things fun. Um, I have a friend of mine who's a nanny. And she looks after these two young girls and takes care of them. And uh, I got a, I she's one of my favorite people to hang out with. And I definitely got a lot of kind of ways about myself from her. She's just like filled with all these great games and just like fun things to do that like kids love and bringing that kind of energy and stuff to, to um, interactions like that. I think that like, most like most girls are, will will get off their phones pretty quick, and and you know unless they're like really don't want to be there or they're or they're, um, you know, it, it, you still got to break the habit somehow. And I've I've just found that that has
0: helped. <laughs> you know, I I've been to dates, and I went to the movies, and we were watching an actually good film. I, I took a girl to the premiere of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, oh, Quentin Tarantino's incredible film. Incredible film, yeah. And it was the national premiere, okay? And and she was so bored that she was checking Instagram like every 10 minutes. And that was when I knew that it's not going anywhere. She doesn't know how to appreciate something good. I mean, she gasped when she saw Brad Pitt taking his shirt off on that <laughs> rooftop, okay? yeah. <laughs> But that was the peak, you know, she did not appreciate the visuals of Los Angeles in the 1970s. Well, that's a good
1: sign. I mean, like, that's one of the most, that, like, I'm a huge Tarantino guy, and I hope, like, long-term plans for Madex, I want to get into filmmaking. Basically, Madex goes, and hopefully I can play this back in a couple of years, Madex goes art, architecture, film. That's my life plan. And uh, a- as a result of that, Tarantino is absolutely incredible and um yeah that that's a great filter actually i mean like to not all the most awesome girls that i can think of right now at least in in my personal opinion uh love that movie (laughs) like love that film love that exactly where you're talking about the the nostalgia of it the the energy the the whole it's a masterpiece. It is an absolute masterpiece, and I just—if somebody can't appreciate that, man or woman, I just feel—I just feel sad. It's just that I just—and I think it just comes from that, like TikTok programming and and uh, you know trash sitcoms. And I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like the one Tarantino film I always hear negative comments on, which is one of my favorites by him, is the Hateful Eight. And people are like, oh my God, it's so boring. I'm just like,
0: no, it's how actually the, very good. It builds it up boring? towards the end.
1: Like, it is the most, it is a full speed ahead mystery. Like, you don't, it, it is, I, w- there's no way I would describe that film as boring. It's one of my favorite ones. But I think that patience, that patience and that kind of, uh, that, that, human experience has been robbed from from so many individuals and uh it's really it's terrible i mean that's art like that that's the highest form of film art that could possibly exist and uh and it's not the same as looking at like a jeff Koons balloon and and trying to think it's art it is it is real art it is human experience it is you know the conquest and uh and and reality of our lives and like if you can't recognize that then
0: maybe maybe it's
1: good for you I don't know
0: <laughs> I was with the girl who took my virginity and out of the blue I just decided we should watch Casablanca
1: oh classic
0: and I put it on and she fell asleep after 10 minutes and that was when I knew it was over. <laughs> like, we can't even enjoy art together. She's so shallow. She knows nothing about yeah. appreciating something. Which I mean, she could have just also been tired. No, but,
1: but.
0: Nah, she wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, she just I did don't. not care. She was like, "Okay, just watch your film. I'm gonna go to sleep. I don't care what you're doing. That's a stupid movie." And then she told me that she finds black and white films boring.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean it, it it it's uh there's a lot of layers of appreciation of the human experience that I think have to exist to 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 appreciate that. Um I think there's I don't know exactly how to describe it but many people are just living in a uh like a veil. They they kind of like this very narrow Understanding of what it means to be alive, and it's definitely part of the times we have with the media and social media and whatnot. And um, I think it's very difficult for them to imagine life beyond it. I mean, before all this shit existed, you had no choice but to have imagination, right? The the most prominent form of entertainment was books. Like that that there that's probably what it is. Right there is a massive knock on reading. Like if you haven't read a book from cover to end in the last within the last 6 months like you should probably reexamine everything that you're fucking doing with your life like whether the book is is fantasy or is is knowledge or is, is bit like whatever it is like if you haven't read something what have you imagined everything you've everything that you've you know experienced has been at, at face value directly served to you so how how much are you underutilizing your capacity as a human being to 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 see beyond reality like read a fucking book jesus christ that every good thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life has come from a book or uh, some other form of, of long form, lo- long format reading, like long form reading. It gets the mind going. Even audiobooks, if you don't want to read, even audiobooking, like everything that exists in this world has happened. Everything that you can imagine has been written about. It's all out there. Like go stand – like if you're worried – let's say you don't make enough money. You're like, oh my god, I'm poor. Just go to a library and stand in front of the business section and just look at the wall. All the answers are right there. Like bored – I think that's the most irritating thing that I hear anybody say ever. Somebody says, I'm bored. In, in, in 2020 – you know, you look out the window. I'm looking out the window right now. I'm looking at a 40 story building. <laughs> 2020. I'm bored. Talk about a fucking problem, man. Like, anyways, you can solve it by reading books. That's what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> there, yeah, we have I every think opportunity. It's the
0: us. best for discipline. You know, it's very easy to get distracted with dopamine. Uh, I don't know how to talk anymore. Dopamine rushes. And just pursue whatever, you know, notifications and likes and retweets and just check social media all the time and be on Instagram. Yeah, it, and
1: useless. You can sum all that, that up. That can being consume useless. your time.
0: <laughs> and that destroys your attention span, your concentration. It's like cocaine, I guess. It's like cocaine yeah, it in is. the eighties. And they're all but...
1: designed like that. I'm sure everybody's heard the Chamath interview at Stanford. If you haven't, Google it. Chamath Stanford. I don't know what year, I think 2015, he's wearing a brown jacket. Anyways, he talks about what they did at Facebook. You are being programmed is like a direct quote from him. And don't think that you're a smart person. Oh, I'm not affected by that. You're the most likely to fall for it. He like says something like that. Right? Like what all those social media companies, what's the goal? It's not anything except for people staring at our platform because that's how they raise their fiat shit fucking trash garbage money. If they can say that x millions of people stare blankly into their portal, then they can raise money because they can pitch that to do sales, do advertising, do do, do whatever it is, you know. That stuff sucks out. If, if if anyone listening to this is having a fucking problem in their life, like just cut out everything that doesn't serve you. Like, everything. Just cut it out. Just stop it. Just stop looking at your phone. Just stop going on Twitter. Just stop it. And, like, you're not going to master plan your escape into a better life. The only way you're going to make it is by just doing it. you got to just start. And the best way to start is cut out all that fucking bullshit and read a fucking book, listen to an audiobook, draw some stick men, bang around on a fucking keyboard, go out and and meet some women. I guess like you can't really do that anymore because of, you know, the tyrannical insanity going on in the world. But like do something. Remember you're alive, you can do something. You you, you got a finite amount of time and you're here. And at the end of this all, are you going to think about all those TikTok notifications? Are you going to think about all those retweets? Or are you going to be like, remember all those times when I didn't go to the bar and work up the courage to talk to some chick? Remember all those times I didn't sit down on the piano and dick around and have fun that i didn't do all this shit you know we're getting sucked into these vortexes with our phones man it's really bad it is definitely a problem and uh it's it's a quick cheat code to get ahead or or to make a change in your life it's just like stop consuming the garbage like get a flip phone (laughs) I got a flip phone that I go, well, used to now that it's illegal to hang out with your friends. But before it was illegal to see your friends, um, oftentimes I would just pop my SIM card into a flip phone when I was going out to the bar. And then I just have like T9 texting, barely. So I have no contacts. And then
0: just phoning people
1: it just makes the experience so much better.
0: <laughs> Is it by any anyway, chance the, kind of pre- then, like, the Motorola? Razor.
1: Oh, I, I, no, no, it's the, uh, it's, it's a Motorola. It's some old like work phone, but, um, I want to get, and I'm looking for a original Motorola Razor. Um, I looked on eBay, but they, I felt like they were all too expensive there. I think they were like, you know, around a hundred bucks American to buy this old phone. Um, so I'm trying to find somebody maybe in my own city or somebody somewhere that, that would send me an original Motorola Razer phone. Um, and I think if I get that, I'm just going to switch in, entirely to it. And then, like, obviously you need, like, your iPhone still for, you know, things like, uh, or your Android or whatever, for things like Google Maps and, and um, you know, Uber is convenient. There's, there's a lot of good reasons to have the phone. But uh, in terms of communication with other beings, I think the, the best thing to do is just start phoning people. You know, I, I, there's this great meme out there somewhere that's like, um, if somebody has a problem with me and they can't call me and talk to me about it, then they probably don't know me well enough to have a have a problem.
0: <laughs> okay, so I just found a couple of razors on Romanian marketplace, and some of them are very cheap, like no way, <laughs> fifteen dollars or something.
1: That's amazing. The also on marketplace.
0: I can get you one and send it to you. Oh my
1: gosh, that would be incredible, man! I would love that. Um, I, I I don't really.
0: But I'm not sure how well it works. You know, it, it's very hard to tell if it's going to be any good.
1: Well, I, from the re- I mean,
0: if it's there's also one for like. It's
1: fine. Um, I like I did the research into it. I, the biggest problem they can have is with the battery, but you can just buy literally the battery that goes into them like very easily.
0: Um, there's also the Dolce and Gabbana model, which is like five hundred dollars <laughs> <low.
1: laughs> uh,
0: but I remember wanting this phone so badly when I was a kid. It's so I was it's looking at magazine phone ever
1: made, I think it
0: looks so classy
1: yeah I uh the it's it as awesome because like um another phone that's great is the one in the matrix, right like that Neo has the
0: Samsung. Yeah.
1: And um, that the Motorola razor kind of has that same energy for me. It just feels like a, like what Neo would get in the matrix. You know, I have a lot of fantasy about the future. I'm I mean, going to really briefly touch on Bitcoin, but I have a lot of fantasy about the future. Um, kind of like, I'm sure you've read the sovereign individual. Um
0: or uh, Snow. I did. I, I got it from CK. Shout out to him. He works for Bitcoin Magazine still. Oh, He's a very nice guy.
1: Well, that's amazing. And it's an incredible book. Um, li- anyone who's read The Sovereign Individual and wants to read the very exciting live action fantasy version, um, there's a book called Snow Crash. And Snow Crash is basically the Sovereign Individual like the conclusion of the sovereign individual, um, but played out in in like a dramatic story. And it's, it's wonderful. It has it has the multiverse in it, like an alternate online reality. It has uh, just all sorts of cool stuff. It's all independent um, nation states and how they behave between each other. And it's by Neil Stevenson, who also wrote Cryptonomicon. I'm sure that's another amazing book. If any of you guys want to read something amazing, Cryptonomicon. Uh, pretty much anything this guy has written is incredible. Um, it, if you if you like Bitcoin, Cryptonomicon is especially important. And uh, if you like the Sovereign Individual, Snow Crash is uh, basically the Sovereign Individual, but um, if they made it like a, a feature film.
0: <laughs> you just made me want to get a razor for myself. It's just so cool.
1: Yeah, it's f- fucking cool, man. Like, and and what I love too is like all the colors. Um, like there's no wrong, like I'd be happy with any color. Like the black looks amazing, the pink looks amazing, the red looks amazing, the silver, the silver reminds me of like a Mercedes-Benz SLS. It's like that would be that would be the scene in the movie one day, like Madex steps out of the SLS and flips his silver, you know, matching Motorola razor open to answer a call from those those brothers who say dump it or something. (laughs) Oh man. Well, yeah, if you get, if
0: If you covered the shipping, I can send you one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. We can, we'll just close that up through uh, our other communication platform.
0: Not telling you how we
1: talk CIA, you fucks, (laughs) but
0: Uh, you're, you're going to have to work harder to find that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like we have talked about art and dating, and not necessarily dating, just women in general and what it's like, and also the discipline of reading. And I feel like, you know, this has been such a good conversation, very constructive, almost 90 minutes long, which is nice. It's like the perfect length, just not below one hour, but not two hours, because nobody wants to listen to two hours straight.
1: yeah Yeah. well i'm very happy
0: thank you very much mr Spaceball.
1: yeah thank you very much for having me it's such a pleasure and uh i'm really looking forward to doing more of these podcasts and um getting better at at uh communicating um all the stuff i think about i i uh i there was a guy on twitter that i just connected with the other day and um his bio was just you are not alone and um you know, you see you see things all the time, but then there's moments where you see them again, and it, and it strikes you. And it, it just struck me there, and I feel like that's kind of my goal with these podcasts, and uh, my goal with being a part of the Bitcoin community, and and just finding some way to broadcast. Um, like you guys are not alone. We're we're we're. We're charging forward into this radical, exciting, incredible future. We are so lucky to be like this, this, uh, corona stuff, this COVID 1984 stuff is awesome because yes, it has fucked up so much stuff. And yes, everything is so fucked. But hey, it's we got a wild west unpredictable nobody fucking knows what's going to happen future to look forward to and we have our certainties with bitcoin and and i hope that everyone finds their certainties with their other life projects as well and uh let's fucking rodeo
0: okay so that was kind of the perfect ending but i also want to ask you how people can follow you and read more about what you do and what your art
1: uh, awesome. So yeah, you can, um, so if anybody wants to look into myself more, M V D E X made X, the A is upside down, uh, is the art project. And I run, uh, kind of all my products and sales through 21x.io. I'm on Twitter as at spacebowl. And, um, that's kind of the, like, Space Bowl is like my Bitcoin persona, and then Madex is my everything else persona, and then 21x.io is uh, the store. And, um, yeah, so follow me on Twitter, at Space Check out 21x.io, and uh, just keep Madex in your mind, because I want to bring this, I want to go full Banksy, and uh, we'll see where I'm at in five years.
0: Oh, yeah. Watch out for him. <laughs> He's coming. Yeah.
1: Oh, and thank you, Woodford Reserve, unofficial sponsor of all of Bitcoin.
0: OK, <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. He didn't pay me just for the record, but I'll allow it.
1: <laughs> no, uh, Woodford is like there. That's just um, I, in my opinion, the best whiskey and with. We- It would just be so awesome if they would start sponsoring Bitcoiners. It probably pretty much any company that does anything that Bitcoiners like, if they just made the move to start sponsoring Bitcoiners, that would be probably the best decision that they would make that they could make.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Thank you for making it easier for me to find sponsors. Yeah, contact them. Email them. I can tell them. Yeah.
1: Who knows? And be like, this crazy guy was on my podcast and he raved about how good your whiskey is. So.
0: They seem like good people. How about you send me some bottles so I try it? Yeah. I I don't think we even have Woodford in Romania. Can I send
1: Wood- Woodford for you?
0: Uh it it will be difficult with customs. I don't think you can.
1: Okay. Well, um well let let's look into it and let's get this Motorola razor thing done and uh, I'll do do what I can to get you a bottle of Woodford.
0: Okay. (laughs) Sounds like a great bargain. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay.
1: Sounds good. Bye.